Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Good day! We have an extraordinary panel today. On Unchained TV, Vanessa Shakib of Advancing Law for Animals and Justin Goodman of White Coat Waste. They have filed a lawsuit against really unimaginable cruelty that we taxpayers are being forced to subsidize overseas where there's very little oversight in those labs where they are torturing animals using our tax dollars. Vanessa, take it away. What have you learned? What are you doing about it? Thanks so much, Jane. Thanks for having us. And of course, thanks to the great work of White Coat Waste Project, we have filed a critical case against the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. That's the federal agency spending about $20 billion in taxpayer funds on animal experimentation per year, and about 353 of those recipients are foreign labs in about 57 countries. So you're asking, what's the legal problem? We're challenging the foreign animal lab loophole. What is that? Well, if we take a step back, we see that Congress passed a federal law requiring that each entity receiving taxpayer funds for animal experimentation must have an animal care committee. That animal care committee must review, approve, and monitor animal experimentation, as well as ensure the proper treatment of animals. And that committee is on the hook for certain records keeping and reporting requirements. It's the bare minimum for animal welfare, and it's absolutely essential and most importantly, mandated by Congress. So the big question here is why has the NIH made an illegal loophole exempting foreign labs from this animal care requirement? And that's why we're here today. Well, it's outrageous if there's a law that says you... uh, have to have oversight, and yet they're giving millions of dollars to these labs in countries that have no animal cruelty protections, zero. Justin, why is it that the National Institutes of Health seems hell-bent on torturing animals? Well, they've got too much money and they don't know what to do with it is the problem, and there's not enough accountability and transparency about how that money is being spent. As Vanessa mentioned, over 350 labs in over 57 different countries are currently eligible to receive taxpayer dollars from the NIH for animal testing specifically. And we've discovered cruel experiments on animals happening in every continent except Antarctica. Uh, We have uh, Nigeria where they're funding experiments where they're force feeding pregnant rats high salt diets to see how it affects their babies. Nigeria is one of the countries where there are no laws protecting animals in laboratories. So There's essentially no oversight 
that the NIH has over what's happening there, even though we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in that laboratory. We don't know what's going on. Even if there's violations of U.S. laws in these laboratories, even if animals are being tortured and killed in violation of federal law, even if safety protocols are being broken, even if untrained personnel are being allowed to experiment on animals, these foreign labs, because of this loophole, don't even have to report it to the National Institutes of Health. And we've submitted a, re a records request, a Freedom of Information Act request to the NIH asking for any report that's ever been submitted over the past few years by a foreign laboratory reporting problems. And there's not a single one because the loophole completely exempts them from these reporting requirements that not only uh, concern animal welfare, but concern how our tax dollars are being spent uh, and whether they're being wasted and abused in these foreign laboratories. We have labs in the UK that are addicting fish to nicotine, uh, addicting monkeys to heroin and cocaine. Uh, we've got labs in South America that are forcing mice to binge drink. Uh, they're binge drinking in the dark is one of these projects that they're funding over there. Uh, just unimaginably stupid, cruel, and wasteful experiments being bankrolled around the world with no transparency about how that money is being spent and no oversight from the government. And follow the money. So-called scientists living in their McMansions getting huge fat paychecks from taxpayers who are unaware. I don't want to fund any of this. I am outraged that my hard-earned tax dollars are going to this medieval absurdity. And yet, if it has the NIH label on it, everybody's like, ooh, it's untouchable. But you're saying, White Coat Waste, it's not untouchable, that there are members of Congress who are rising up and saying, this is a waste of money. How did you discover this? This is what I want to find out, because it's like hiding in plain sight. Uh, we see right now we're in the midst of uh, all sorts of turmoil. People are looking at laboratories around the world and wondering what's going on, what could be leaking from laboratories, et cetera, et cetera. Specifically, how did you find out that the NIH was doing this? Back in 2019, we started investigating uh, in detail where NIH funding was going for animal experimentation. And obviously, we know in the United States, there's over a thousand labs that are eligible to get money from the NIH for animal experimentation. Um, many of those have been exposed. We've exposed a lot of them, particularly labs in the government that are doing things like uh, destroying monkeys' brains and scaring them with fake snakes and spiders or uh, addicting puppies to cocaine is one of the recent examples we've exposed. Um, but as you mentioned, in foreign labs, these problems are also widespread. So we discovered uh, a list of these 350 laboratories in foreign countries that are be basically have permission from the NIH to receive tax dollars for animal experimentation specifically. Uh, the first example, the most high profile example to date that we've exposed is that lab in Wuhan, China, where people are concerned the COVID pandemic may have started because what they were doing was going into the wild, taking uh, bats infected with coronaviruses, bringing them back into the laboratory, and then injecting those viruses into mice and making those mice sick and uh, supercharging those viruses to make them more deadly and more contagious. Um, so that was the first international lab that we exposed. And we we're curious about whether how widespread that problem was. And lo and behold, 
we have laboratories, again, in every continent except Antarctica that are receiving taxpayer dollars uh, for these cruel and stupid experiments that, as you mentioned, Jane, most taxpayers, a majority of taxpayers don't want to pay for. Our analysis found that at least $100 million a year is being sent to foreign countries for animal experimentation, specifically in these labs that do not have any oversight from the National Institutes of Health. Uh, as Vanessa mentioned earlier uh, in her great opening, and we're you know so proud to partner with Advancing Law for Animals and Vanessa on this lawsuit. They're really ahead of the curve and you know doing great novel legal work uh, to hold federal agencies accountable, and we're proud to work with them on this on this lawsuit. Um, but there are these these labs all over the world receiving tens of millions, if not more than a hundred million dollars a year uh, for these experiments and. These animal care committees are really the last line of defense for animals who are suffering in laboratories, that at the very least, there should be these committees that are overseeing what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis and making sure that at very least, the law is being followed. Now, we know that the law allows anything to happen to animals in laboratories as long as the right paperwork is filled out. Um, that's a problem that exists here, and it's a problem that's even worse overseas because they don't even have to fill out that paperwork. There's just, it's like the Wild West. Well, it kind of reminds me of the black sites, right? Where you don't want to torture a person uh, on U.S. soil. So somehow it ends up happening in some foreign country with people who are contracted to do it. And that um, is truly horrific that this is same concept happening to animals. We've got a caller. Marie, your question or thought for our panel. Yes, I'm sorry. I just tuned in, but I saw the headline on the story and I had to at least make a comment. I haven't heard the conversation, but I just want to say uh, if this is being paid for with my taxpayer dollars, I am absolutely against it. And uh, any steps that can be taken by myself and others, I urge others and I will do whatever I can. So please, uh, if you haven't provided that information yet, please provide that information. Thank you. Excellent point. Vanessa, what can people do? It's outrageous. People are angry. Americans love animals. They don't want to see animals tortured for idiotic reasons. Uh, you're not going to find out why co people are addicted to cocaine by putting vests on beagles and injecting cocaine into their bodies. It's medieval absurdity. What can people do about it, Vanessa? You know, unfortunately, as taxpayers, we are on the hook to pay our taxes, despite whether or not we approve of how our tax money is spent. And you're right, Jane, there's all of these awful things going on. And how do we, the public, find out about it? And if you want to understand what's happening with your taxpayer dollars, I highly recommend you support the vital work of the White Coat Waste Project, which is on the cutting edge of finding exposing and defunding cruel and wasteful animal experimentation. You can also directly support our litigation fund for this case against the NIH at advancinglawforanimals.org. Because you're right, there's not much we can do except investigate and take legal action where we see illegal conduct. And that's exactly what we're doing here. What has, of course, when you file a lawsuit, there is a response from the person who or the institution being sued. What is the National Institutes of Health response been so far, Vanessa? 
You know, Jane, we're at the very beginning of this process. And so it's not yet time for the NIH to file its legal response in this case, but we will certainly keep you and your viewers updated as the case progresses. So this should be national, global news. Unfortunately, the mainstream news media, and this is why we started Unchained TV, our social media and streaming network nonprofit to get the word out there. The mainstream media gives the NIH a pass over and over again. They literally put their blinders on. If the NIH says it, oh, it must be true. I'm not anti-science. I think there's a very good place for science, for smart science. We're in the 21st century. We can put organs on a chip. We don't need to be putting vests on beagles and injecting them with cocaine. You know, dogs will die if they eat chocolate. Humans don't die if they eat chocolate. Torturing beagles is not going to help people get over an addiction to cocaine, alcohol, pot, cigarettes, meat, dairy, or anything. Uh, Justin. No, that's absolutely right, Jane. You hit the nail on the head. While the NIH, on one hand, is wasting $20 billion a year on animal experimentation, uh, both uh, at home and abroad, as we've learned um, through our investigations, they're also admitting, on the other hand, that nine out of 10 drugs that pass the animal tests fail in humans because they don't work or they're dangerous. So well, while they're, throwing, uh, we'll they're flushing this to, money down the uh, toilet, Vanessa knowing that they're destined to fail. Uh, let's, uh, we'll keep talking. I'll just... Uh, uh, keep going. Something's happening here where it, it went off for a second, but I guess they'll be back in a moment. But um, yeah, this is outrageous. Do something about it to stop this absurdity. They're back. Uh, thank you. We had some kind of glitch, but we'll just power through. Um, we've got another caller. Tom, your question or thought for the panel. Hi, Jane. Can you hear me? Am I on? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my, my first comment was that in the name of research, I believe it's a $15 billion a year industry. And like you said earlier, animals are tortured with really no scientific proof. My question basically was, when industry is making that kind of money, what other aspects are involved? Someone's got to be making money off this, like politicians or things like this. How do we find those other areas other than just what scientists are making? Someone's blowing their pockets with this stuff. That's what I like to know about. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I think yeah. raising a good point, Justin, take it away. Absolutely. You're right. Uh, animal experimentation, unfortunately, is big business. At, you know, 50, a few years ago, it was $15 billion. Now it's $20 billion a year that we estimate are going specifically for animal experiments of our tax dollars each year. Um, universities are a great example to look to see who's getting rich off this stuff. Uh, for every grant that a university receives for animal experimentation, uh, about 20 to 30% of that is called indirect costs. They just go to overhead to the university for a slush fund that they can use for, for whatever they, they want. So universities are raking in billions of dollars a year just in administrative fees for allowing the animal experimentation to take place, never mind the actual money that's being spent to torture and kill animals and the money that the animal experimenters are making off those grants. You also have the companies that transport the animals. There was a big story a couple of weeks ago, thank goodness, about a truck carrying 100 monkeys to a lab in Pennsylvania that crashed. And it really shed light on uh, the fact that there are co trucking companies across the U.S. that make their money by tra transporting animals to labs to be tortured. There's the companies that make the cages, that make the food. 
um, that uh, make the restraint devices. Jane was talking about these experiments, White Coat Waste Project Exposed, where puppies are being strapped into vests and having cocaine injected directly into their veins. Someone's making those vests. Someone's making those restraint devices. This $20 billion a year is funding a disgusting industry that profits and thrives on the suffering of animals directly. Uh, wow. It would seem with um, an uproar right now, as there always is in Congress about spending and, oh, my gosh, these horrific debates that go on about where we're going to put our money, that this would be the last thing anybody would want to spend money on. But again, when they just throw the word addiction out, okay, oh, well, it's for addiction. Well, we've got to solve addiction. Well, you know, I could say this. I'm a recovering alcoholic, 26 years sober, and uh, no torture of animals would have helped me get sober. Okay, I uh, hit bottom. I had a moment of clarity and I got help and there is help out there. Nobody can make an addict, an alcoholic or anybody with an addiction um, okay or cure. Okay, once a a pickle, never again a cucumber. It's a, a, a process and there is a solution out there. It's just a question of getting people to want to use it. Okay, so nobody can get anybody uh, free of addiction until the addict themselves decides they've hit bottom. They want to change. And this is a fundamental aspect of addiction. And everybody's always looking for that magical cure. Oh, we want to have a pill. We can give all these addicts and their addiction is going to go away. But it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. And anybody who's had experience with addiction truly knows this, okay? I have a dubious honor, I wish I wasn't an expert, of being an expert in addiction. I've written two books on it, and that's not how it works. There is no magic pill to end addiction, and yet they will spend billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, trying to come up with these magic pills, and the truth is the people, often the people who are doing this research are not addicts themselves, so they have no concept of the addict mindset. Okay. And the addict mindset is a different mindset. So that's why it's always easier for one person who experiences an addiction to help another person who experiences addiction because they can identify because they know what the other person's going through. That's the whole basis of sobriety programs. So um, this idea that a bunch of scientists who are not addicts themselves, are spending billions of dollars torturing animals to come up with a solution for addiction is the greatest absurdity and waste of money I have ever heard in my life. And um, you're right, follow the money. This is just a giant scam. And who's getting scammed? U.S. taxpayers. Uh, It's outrageous. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel you are listening to jane unchained to reach the show today call in to 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email in to jane unchained news at gmail.com now back to the show we are here live unchained tv voice america radio talking to vanessa Law for Animals and Justin Goodman of White Coat Waste about a lawsuit that they have just filed. The NIH is breaking the law by basically uh, farming out, farming out uh, all these experiments to foreign countries where there's no animal protection whatsoever, no oversight. Justin, what's happening in Congress? I would think that members of Congress, Democrats and Republicans would be up in arms over this. Well, thankfully, you're right about that. We're working with a bipartisan coalition in Congress to crack down on this foreign animal lab loophole and get a real investigation about what's happening. So uh, we worked with uh, Congresswoman Lucille Roybal Allard from the Los Angeles area in California, a great leader and uh, multi year winner of our Waste Warrior Award at White Coat Waste for her great work on this issue. Uh, And members of Congress like Brian Fitzpatrick, Republican, uh, Fred Keller from Pennsylvania, another Republican. And we worked with, we helped compile this bipartisan coalition that has now requested that the government's own watchdog, the Government Accountability Office, do an audit of these oversight practices in foreign laboratories and an audit of how much money is being spent abroad and what that money is being spent for. Because you're, you nailed it. You, you know, you hit the nail on the head here. This is something that Republicans and Democrats, whether they're concerned about animal welfare or, or wasteful government spending, are up in arms about because we're, you know, we're, we have a deficit that's higher, it's higher than it's ever been before. Um, people are hurting, people are out of work, yet you have billions of dollars that are continuing to bankroll these wasteful experimentation programs, not only in the United States, but in foreign countries, including foreign countries that certainly don't need our money like Canada, like England, like uh, the Netherlands, and the list goes on and on. Um, in the UK, for example, we're funding these experiments I mentioned earlier where fish are being addicted to nicotine and to uh, ecstasy. 
oh. or monkeys are being addicted to heroin. Uh, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It shouldn't be happening anywhere. Uh, certainly not be happening in other countries where, you know, England has decent animal protection laws, but many of the countries that we're talking about don't have any at all. They literally do not have any laws protecting animals from cruelty and abuse. And the NIH could at least, in theory, in practice, the NIH could say, if you take money from the, the U.S. government, you have to abide by the minimal laws and re regulations that the U.S. government has. But instead, they say, if you're a foreign country and you take money from the government, don't worry about it. Don't worry about following our rules and regulations. If you don't have any locally, that's fine, too. You can still get the money. You can still experiment on animals. Um, that's why we filed this important uh, lawsuit with Vanessa and advancing law for animals. Uh, and they have the great idea of going after the NIH for violating the administrative procedures act and other areas of the law, uh, where we can hold the federal government accountable for actually illegally exempting these foreign labs from, uh, us guidelines. Well, here's my concern. This has been going on for obviously decades. Uh, I remember when I was a reporter in Philly, in 1980, somebody sent me a head injury experiments being conducted on primates that curled my hair. It was the most horrific thing I ever saw. That was right around the time that PETA was getting started. And it actually turned me into an animal activist. One look at that tape. And I was like, this is uh, like a Freddy Krueger movie and it's happening and they're joking around. It was obscene. So they find these things every so often. PETA has done numerous Freedom of Information Act requests. So has White Coat Waste and other organizations. The tape comes out. There's horror. And yet it seems to continue and increase. Um, it's like the government is creating the very problems it purports to want to solve. It is possible. We don't know. They're, now they're saying we'll never know. You know, what caused the pandemic? Well, hmm, how convenient is that? But however it happened, if it did happen in the lab because they were supersizing uh, a virus to see, oh, how bad could it get? You know, uh, we don't know. We don't know. It's it's a possibility. It's like an open case right now. But the point is that the tragic irony is that the government seems to be uh, funding the very things that they're purporting to try to fix. And it seems to be getting worse, not better, despite numerous undercover investigations, despite numerous um, scandals. Uh, I remember there was a huge scandal and white quote waste. You were involved in this with uh, the monkeys being scared with rattlesnakes and they would take the mothers and they would sedate the mothers and then they would have the baby there and scare the baby with a rattlesnake and the little baby monkey's trying to wake up mommy and mommy can't wake up because she's sedated. And you look at this and say, this is the work of sociopaths. This is psychotic. This is something that, you know, um, a, a serial killer would think up and, and taxpayers are funding this. But despite that scandal, these things are still going on. So what, what is the game plan to, you know, insanity is doing the th same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I applaud your lawsuit and I think it's fantastic. But what can we do to shake this up a little bit? Vanessa or or Justin? 
Jane, you're exactly right. And there's no one solution to attack this problem. There's not one tool. We need a toolbox. And so that is really multi-pronged. Of course, we need scientific innovation, like you're talking about, the organs on chip. We need watchdog groups like White Coat Waste Project, monitoring activity, finding, exposing, and defunding waste. Of course, we need lobbyists passing new laws. And we need lawyers because guess what? We do have laws on the books that are being under enforced. So it's going to take all of us together with a ton of public education, public outreach, and reaching out to our members of Congress. And of course, Jane, as you know, it takes the media and that's why we are all here together. Yeah, but let's talk about the media. You know, we're not CNN. We're not MSNBC. We're not ABC News. Where are they? Why won't they, they do something on this, Justin? It's incredibly frustrating. Um, you know, the, there is such a, an irrational, I would say, obedience to science in mainstream media that they're not willing to even question, you know, universities put out press releases, that's PR. Press releases are public relations activities. They're not scientific studies. They're, tr they're attempts to get media coverage and make the university look good. And universities are constantly churning out press releases about animal experiments and how it's gonna be the next, the, the next cure for cancer, the next cure for AIDS, we're just around the corner. Uh, we just did these animal experiments. And reporters are never asking questions, the basic questions like, uh, well, you did it in animals. Is this going to translate to human beings? Instead, they, re they regurgitate what these universities and colleges and private companies say uncritically. Um, and when someone comes along and says, hey, you know, maybe they're not being entirely truthful with you. Maybe they're leaving out the fact that they've done the same experiment 20 times and it's actually, you know, over the last decades and it's never actually translated into anything. Um, there is just such this blind adherence to science and scientific authorities, particularly I would say in the the center and the center left media that they're unwilling to ask critical questions about science and challenge scientists. Uh, you don't see the same thing in conservative media. You see a lot of reporters who are willing to take on the NIH, willing to take on people within the NIH leadership, like uh, Francis Collins, the former of the NIH, the former director of the NIH, who recently stepped down. People like Anthony Fauci. I mean, whatever you think about Fauci on masks or lockdowns or vaccines or whatever the case may be and the you know the the good work he's done on there this guy is funding an enormous amount of animal experimentation maybe more than anyone else in the entire federal government his division at the nih funds more animal experimentation maybe than any other division in the tide inside the entire federal government and he deserves criticism for that anthony fauci runs a island off the coast of South Carolina that we exposed where there's 3000 monkeys living off the coast of South Carolina on a private island and Fauci's division owns every monkey on that island. And a few times a year, they fly a plane down there, they capture hundreds of those monkeys and they bring them back to labs that are in Fauci's division at the NIH and conduct them to some of the worst experiments that you can imagine, Ebola, uh, uh, NIPA, LASA, I mean, viruses that are incurable and highly deadly. They completely withhold pain relief. And it's almost impossible to get particularly uh, mainstream media on the left to cover that because Fauci has become such a darling of the media. 
uh, again, particularly on one side. So it's, it's, it's frustrating when you have, you know, you have the evidence of abuse, you have the evidence of waste, and people don't want to pay attention to it simply because they have loyalties to particular, you know, to, to these are people or personalities in the federal government. Uh, it's incredibly frustrating. And we've been criticized that the Washington Post ran a hit piece about us for taking on Fauci and his animal experimentation, uh, trying to take us down and say we're funded by dark money. And obviously we're not. We're funded by grassroots donors. Um, but there was a cover story in the Washington Post criticizing us just because we decided to take on Anthony Fauci's funding of cruel experiments on dogs. Rather than funding on reporting on the actual experiments and the abuses, they tried to take us down and dig up dirt about our organization. That's how the media works these days. Well, politics makes very strange bedfellows. And one of the factors is that uh, conservative media one of their talking points is government waste. So it's a natural um, ally uh, in the sense that government waste is a key conservative talking point. And nothing could achieve more government waste than torturing animals in these hideous, crazy experiments. Like if you, if you made them up, you couldn't come up with crazier experiments addicting fish to cocaine. I mean, it's just beyond comprehension. Evil. I'll say the word evil. Okay. And uh, they've been breaking dog spinal cords since before Christ. uh, And they're still doing the similar kinds of experiments. And it's truly morally repugnant and yet taxpayers are forced to pay for it the media isn't covering it the republicans and the democrats don't seem to have the spine speaking of spine to stop it in congress so you're right suing is a a key factor but could you stop it let's say your lawsuit is successful could you then get those experiments stop vanessa Unfortunately, Jane, our lawsuit cannot stop the experiments. Our lawsuit can only enact the will of Congress, which is very plainly written in federal law. Every single entity receiving taxpayer funds for animal experimentation needs to have minimum animal welfare requirements, which includes an animal care committee. And so that's what we're seeking to do. We're seeking to eliminate the illegal loophole, put the NIH back in its rightful lane, which is enacting the will of Congress, and make sure that we have transparency around the world wherever U.S. taxpayer dollars are spent on animal experimentation. Yeah, and... Go ahead, ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I would venture to say... um, that this uh, this lawsuit actually does have the potential to stop experiments and and, and not in a direct way but in an indirect way because once we get these animal care committees in in place at foreign institutions presumably there's going to be projects that were approved without any oversight that may not be approved once these committees are in place and they actually have to review and approve and monitor what's what's going on um so I, i think it does you know this is the reason we're interested i mean we're you know we're interested in wasteful spending and shutting down taxpayer funded animal experiments and the reason we're interested in this issue and working on this great lawsuit with vanessa and advancing law for animals is because we think there is potential here to end 
some wasteful spending on animal experiments in foreign countries. We're also working on legislation right now called the Accountability and Foreign Animal Research Act, which would cut funding for animal experiments, in, at, at least as a starting point, in foreign countries that are considered adversaries of the United States. So countries that do not have our best interests in mind and who've been shown not to be able to be trusted as allies, countries like Russia, countries like China. Uh, right now, Russia and China are on the list of countries that have labs that are authorized by the NIH to get money for animal testing. So the bill, this bill, the, the, uh, the Accountability and Foreign Animal Research Act would at least say those countries should be off limits in terms of getting NIH money. At the same time, while we're working on the AFAR Act to, to defund uh, these foreign adversaries, we're working on this lawsuit with Vanessa, and we're working in Congress on other uh, bipartisan efforts to uh, create more transparency, certainly, um, but to cut funding for experiments on animals, both at home and abroad. And we've had success you know, in, in recent years, it's not all doom and gloom. We've gotten the largest cat, the largest cat lab in the federal government shut down. We've shut down nicotine experiments on monkeys. Um, we've shut down brain PCP experiments on monkeys at the VA that I was on here talking about a couple months ago. Um, so there is progress being made. There are experiments getting shut down. There are experiments that are not starting up that otherwise might have. There are experiments that are being wound down instead of being continued as they were planned to be. Um, so there is progress being made, but you know, unfortunately, the one of the big issues, Jane, that we face is, and this this pertains to all animal experimentation that's being funded by taxpayers, is a lot of this money goes to colleges and universities, and virtually every member of Congress has a college and university in their congressional district that's creating jobs, that's generating revenue. So you have these members who may be uh, hesitant to sign on to an effort that might take money out of the pockets of animal experimenters. Um, because it's revenue coming into their, you know, into their community. So there are conflicts of interest there that we also have to keep in mind, um, which is why our focus as White, uh, White, White Coat Waste Projects is primarily on these government laboratories, what the VA, what the NIH, what the FDA are doing in their own labs, where Congress has direct authority, uh, where we've been able to see changes like at the Department of Veterans Affairs, which is in the process of phasing out the use of dogs, cats, and primates as a result of the work we did with Congress. They actually have to do that by 2025, and we're trying to get them to do it sooner. Um, so we're hoping that some of these creative solutions we've, made, we've had that have worked domestically can be applied to what we're looking at, the problem we're looking at abroad as well. Yes, and thank you for looking in the camera eye. That's always helpful. I appreciate it. Um, you are doing extraordinary work. I see as a solution to make it very politically incorrect for university students to engage in animal experimentation, because whereas a lot of this money is going to universities, and I have reported on protests at UCLA and other universities, and when the protesters are moving through campus, people stop and they look, and these are students, and they're processing. Some people make fun of it. Some people seem very interested. There's a whole range of reactions. But we're in an era of um, re-examination of a lot of traditions and established procedure that people used to take for granted. And now people are questioning it. And they're going, ooh, why is there a statue of somebody who um, owns slaves uh, in, in our uh, town square? Uh, just to give one example, if we could get students 
in universities who are studying science to say, I will not experiment on animals. In fact, that seems to be how a lot of these organizations got started. I know that uh, Anthony Bellotti, who's the founder of White Coat Waste, was doing some kind of internship at an animal lab, and he was so horrified by what he was forced to participate in, he started this organization. And Dr. Neil Barnard, who started Physicians Committee for for Responsible Medicine, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, was also a medical student told to do a dissection and a vivisection, and he refused. And that's how Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine got started. So we know that good-hearted people who go to university to become veterinarians, to become scientists, to become doctors, are often indoctrinated into the system of torturing animals, told that they must do this. And I think that if White Coat Waste, for example, were to form an arm where you get students to make a commitment that they will not participate in dissection, uh, standing up against dissection, it might also put pressure on the universities to uh, come up with other kinds of experiments and get money funding from other sources. And and maybe I'll throw that back to uh, Justin. Absolutely. I think we need bottom up and top down approaches. And the, you know, the work we're currently doing is top down. We're looking at the funding stream and trying to cut the money off before it gets to the university, before animals are purchased, before the equipment purchased, before they start torturing. We want to make sure they can't get that money in the first place. But I think what we're seeing uh, on this issue generally, when we look at public opinion, is a dramatic generational shift where you have young people whose opinions about animal experimentation are very different than what their parents and grandparents were. Uh, There's way more opposition to it. And with the advent of new technologies, like you're talking about, like organs on a chip, there are going to be more opportunities for young people interested in life sciences and medicine and other fields like that to pursue careers without having to, you know, mutilate and kill animals. Um, Dissection historically has been a gateway. It, you know, it's a gateway drug for animal experimenters. It's the first time that students are really confronted with using animals for scientific purposes. And it starts to desensitize people to the suffering of animals and science and make it okay in their minds to do that. Um, so, you know, the, the efforts by various organizations to get dissection out of the classroom is actually has, you know, not only is going to save animals in the immediate by you know, making sure frogs and other animals aren't being collected and chopped apart in, in, in middle school and high school and college classrooms, but it's creating a new generation of scientists, a new generation of, of citizens, of voters, of taxpayers, who are going to be way more intolerant of what we see now in science, which is half, you know, half of our nation's scientific budget is being spent torturing animals in incredibly cruel and wasteful experiments that a majority of people oppose. Uh, And it's going to take a new generation of leaders in the scientific community, in Congress, in the media to start to flip that script. Uh, And we're seeing it happen slowly, more slowly than we'd all like to see it. But it is happening. I mean, the degree to which these conversations are happening in the media, uh, the degree to which these issues have become way more bipartisan. I think, you know, the work of White Coat Waste has been incredibly instrumental in making sure that there's not an issue that's seen as something that's just a you know, a left liberal progressive issue. This is something that's should really appeal to everybody that everyone should be concerned about. We're seeing that we're seeing that translate into public opinion numbers where 
you know, equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans are concerned with these issues. Uh, certainly in our membership, we see that. And we're starting to see that in Congress, more engagement from Republicans, for example, on these issues than we've ever seen before. So things are changing. Things are moving in the right direction. I know it's frustrating for us to have to see so many of these investigations and videos over and over again of terrible things that are happening to animals. And we wish that it would stop right now. But you mentioned earlier, I mean, this is a this issue is thousands of years old. This problem is thousands of years old and it's going to take a little, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but things are moving in the right direction and people should be, um, find some comfort in that. Oh, absolutely. And your organizations are really on the front lines. Vanessa, tell us about advancing law for animals. How many attorneys do you have involved and why did you start that organization? Thanks so much, Jane. Advancing Law for Animals is a nonprofit law firm for our non-human friends, and we have a very narrow focus on issues facing animals in experimentation and industrial food production. Uh, we Last year, we settled a landmark case against the USDA regarding illegal enforcement of the Animal Welfare Act, and that's really attracted our attention to the behavior of federal agencies as it relates to animals. You know, every day animal advocates are having conversations about the state of the law, but much of what's happening is actually the actions of federal agencies who are supposed to enact the law, but who do not. And so federal agencies themselves, they're not members of Congress, They're not elected by the people. They're very limited in what they can do. And it takes lawyers with a fine tooth comb to review agency behavior and challenge it where it's illegal. So myself and my co-founder and co-director, Ryan Gordon, we are committed to monitoring federal agency behavior and suing where that action is illegal and harmful to animals. And that's why we're very excited to be suing the NIH on behalf of White Coat Waste, because one thing is very clear. In the United States government, we have a little something called separation of powers, and a federal agency cannot pass a law. Only Congress can do that. And here we're seeing an illegal loophole that benefits foreign labs that directly contradicts a federal law. Wow. Um, This is so exciting that you are involved in this. And indeed, I would have to say that when it comes to animal cruelty, the U.S. government is the problem. Uh, When it comes to climate change, you could argue that the U.S. government is the the problem. We keep talking about, for example, uh, we've got to do something about the climate crisis. That is the existential threat. It is the number one threat that we are facing as a, a human species. And yet uh, the U.S. government is funding one of the biggest sources and subsidizing one of the biggest sources of climate change, which is animal agriculture. And the Farm Bill uh, sends tens, many tens of billions of dollars into subsidies for commodity crops that feed farmed animals and for animal agriculture. And the USDA uh, looks the other way when uh, slaughterhouses are violating rules. We saw that with the Hallmark uh, uh, slaughterhouse scandal where it was clear that downed animals were being dragged by tractors and the USDA inspectors were right there, didn't see a thing. 
see no evil, hear no evil. You see it with the Interior Department, which is rounding up our wild horses because they've been infiltrated by the meat and dairy industry. And uh, so let's give all this land to the cattle industry. Let's round up the wild horses, even though there is a Wild Horse and Borough uh, Protection Act that, that the taxpayers and Congress have said, we love our wild horses. It doesn't matter. They're still rounding them up. These agencies are out of control. They've been completely co-opted by the industries they're supposed to monitor. And there has to be a, a crackdown on them. They are the problem when they purport to be the solution to the problem. We could literally be private industry is transitioning like crazy to plant-based. Even the meat producers, JBS, the world's largest meat producer, has an entire vegan line. What is propping up the animal agriculture industry is the USDA and the government subsidies. The average $2 hamburger would cost $10 to $25 if it wasn't subsidized by taxpayers, forced to subsidize. This is the, the, the theme, forced to subsidize. We are forced to give our money to subsidize these horrible, horrible practices. And we have no choice except if the voters say, I'm not going to take it anymore. And if you vote for these ridiculous animal torture experiments, I'm going to do everything in my power to see you are not reelected. That's another factor. We've got to, oh, they're, they want the universities. They want the universities uh, money and, and support. Well, jobs have always been used to justify cruelty. Okay. Whether it's keeping women out of the workforce or uh, the era of Jim Crow, whatever it was, jobs have always been used as an excuse to justify cruelty and inhumanity. And so we've got to get voters to say, if you vote for this, I'm going to do everything I can to get you thrown out of Congress. And I'll give Justin the last word on that one. Absolutely. We have to hold legislators accountable. You are right that the government is the problem. Do you think that any private company is going to spend money to put fish on treadmills or addict fish to nicotine and cocaine? I mean, not in 100 years is a private company that has to worry about shareholders and its return on investment going to flush money down the toilet on stupid experimentation like that. Um, but you have the government where there's no accountability and transparency about how money is being spent happily subsidizing that type of waste and abuse, while private industry is moving away from animal testing. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry is trying to move away from animal testing because it's so expensive, it doesn't work, and it's cruel, and their shareholders don't like it. Yet you have the federal government doubling down on animal experimentation at every turn, uh, because, uh, it, again, it's, it's big business and they have a lot of interests to, uh, to satisfy. Um, so I agree with you. We need to hold legislators accountable for letting away, letting the NIH and other federal agencies get away with murder uh, and torture animals at taxpayer expense and experiments that we don't want and we don't need. Um, yeah, make sure you're paying attention to who your legislators are, how they're voting on these things, what committees in Congress they're on, because they, they have a voice in Congress. Let me jump in and say that we're not in this era anymore where people can sit down and write letters to their congressmen. It has to be a mass campaign. Uh, we know PETA, for example, is very effective. I just wrote seven letters to legislators within 30 seconds by just hitting boom, 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 boom. I mean, have we thought of getting all the organizations together on one issue and bombarding? 
Members of Congress do not respond to individuals. This is the big myth I want to explode. Okay, it's got to be 200,000 people sending a message. Monsters, stop. You know, unfortunately, that's where we've gotten to. So, I mean, we need a campaign that has these members of Congress saying, I'm more scared of those people than those people. That's really what it amounts to. They're getting reelected, what, every two years? They're, they're just on a treadmill themselves, just trying to gain money to get elected. If something scares them enough where they go, oh, my God, this is a problem, that's the, that's, it's, a, it's a mathematical equation. So I'm way beyond writing any personal letters. Nobody's reading them. It's, it's got to be these massive campaigns. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that is something that if, if a massive campaign on a particular issue, it also sends a message. You know, it's easy to get Americans to care about dogs. Uh, the beagle thing. I mean, if you got if 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 I was a member of Congress and I got 100,000 emails saying I will vote you out of office if you if you let this continue, I would really think twice about letting it continue. But that's probably the only thing that in today's political world would get the average member of Congress to think twice about it. You can't even get them. I've been in these halls. I've talked to I've talked to a member of Congress yesterday on the phone who was asking me for money. And I did make a donation, but uh, I, I was also trying to get my word in edgewise about, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You know, it was like, was it a waste of money? Maybe. Uh, but the point is, the point is that you've got to hit their pressure points and you are all set up to do that. And I know you, you are so good at it. one last question, uh, Justin. Foreign media. Foreign media is a lot more open to covering this. And there's great uh, media like The Guardian, The Intercept, which is not foreign. But there are there is media out there that is courageous on these issues. They can also put pressure. Correct. Absolutely. And we've you know, we've been fortunate enough to work with uh, media outlets around the world, particularly in Europe, Um, even some of the more tabloidy publications that are out there. Um, like the Sun, for example, in the UK, uh, they're you know they've done some of the best coverage we've gotten on the foreign animal experimentation issue. Um, they almost you know sometimes they do better coverage on U.S. animal testing issues than the domestic publications we have here. Um, so there is really an untapped. I would say I agree with you there that foreign media is an untapped resource um, that white coat. Uh, certainly tries to take advantage of and that others should try to take advantage of also. Um, I would say one thing is that, uh, you know, an individual member of Congress, if they get hundreds of letters about something, they're going to pay attention to it. Um, You know, they have to be, it has to be someone who's on the right committee who can do the right thing. Not every member of Congress has that opportunity. Um, But for example, if you go to addictedtospending.org, which is one of our advocacy websites we have set up, you sign that letter, like you said, Jane, it's going to go right into those members of Congress's offices. Their staffer is going to get it. And I'm going to follow up to make sure they did get it and to make sure that the member of Congress does do what we're asking. Uh, so it does work. Say it again. Say it again. Addictedtospending.org. Addictedtospending.org. Go there right now. I'm going to go as soon as we hang up and I'm going to sign those letters. You guys are my heroes. You are doing such amazing work. We are out of time but please keep us updated on what you're doing. Uh, These animals cannot speak for themselves. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.